Hi, this is the Ready for Polyamory podcast, episode four, Jealousy. My name is Laura Boyle, and I am, as always, your host on this journey through ethical non-monogamy and polyamory. So we're splitting this episode between two conversations that I had with lovely non-monogamous ladies. Seva has been a friend of mine uh, for many years and began her polyamorous journey just about six years ago. And she's a teacher in the non-monogamous and rope communities. You can find a link to the Upline Rope Studio, which she helped build and teaches at in the notes below. Uh, Vanessa, whose stage name is Bella Greenwolf, is my metamor of four years, a polyamorist of about six and a half, and the head wrangler of her partner, Daniel Greenwolf, in his magic performance uh, and his Greenwolf podcast. You can find a uh, number of posts on jealousy and compersion in the jealousy category on the Ready for Polyamory blog, as well as the specific post, but don't you get jealous from April 3rd under the start here tab uh, on the drop down menu of kinds of posts on the blog. Now, first, we're going to uh, talk to Seva a little bit about her feelings on jealousy, where it comes from, what it is, and some ways to handle it in a reasonably healthy manner in your relationships and specifically within the context of polyamory. Okay, so we're here uh, with the lovely Seva to talk about jealousy for a little while. And so in general, can you tell me the primary sort of way that you think about jealousy? Do you think of it as its own emotion or as something that's kind of alerting you to other feelings that you're having or a little bit of both? For me, it's mostly, it's based off of insecurities or other feelings that bring jealousy to the surface. Um, that's. So um, when you end up feeling this, uh, is this something that is usually triggered by a personal insecurity or by a relationship insecurity? And do you treat the two of those differently or the same? Um, sorry, I have a dog barking in the background. No, no problem. So I tend to treat them mostly the same um could you repeat the question my brain is uh, so i was basically saying is it usually for you based in personal or relationship insecurities 
and do you deal with the two of those similarly where do you think your personal jealousy tends to come from for me it tends to come from sort of both places i if it is a specific insecurity pertaining to my relationship i'm more likely to want to talk it out more with my partner uh whereas if it's my own insecurity uh, stemming from, you know, years ago or a trauma or something like that, I'm more likely to want to focus on that myself before bringing it to my partner. And when I bring it to my partner, it's more of a, hey, I'm feeling this way, like I need reassurance or I need space or something along those lines versus I need you to talk this out with me. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you're saying that when it's your own personal insecurity, you don't want the sort of interaction with your partner where they might feel like they end up being a fixer and trying to address the root of your problem when you're trying to do that on your own. Right. That tends to stress me out more if I have, I put enough pressure on myself. I, I don't need the added pressure of my partner also trying to be helpful and, you know, okay, well, what can we do? What can we do to fix this? Where's it coming from? You know, what, what does this mean? Um, focusing on it myself, I am able to be a little bit kinder to myself and give myself the time and space that I might need um to focus on on dealing with that and processing it and if it's not too personal a thing to share what is sort of your biggest underlying jealousy trigger um definitely having a fear that i am not good enough that i will be replaced by somebody who's better than me um it's pretty common I think a lot of us. Yeah, I think, I know I share that, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah, so that's, that is probably what gets hit the most, and, you know, it's an insecurity I had before becoming polyamorous and starting this um, whole adventure, <laughs> uh, but it gets triggered more, I think, by these different types of relationships that we build, which isn't necessarily a negative thing. It just means that it's something that I think about a little bit more frequently. Right. It's something that you've had to address a little more. Right. Um, and what kind of coping mechanisms do you use to address this? A lot of therapy. <laughs> um, Everyone should be in therapy. Giant neon sign. Yes. It's, there is a huge difference between how I addressed and processed those sorts of feelings pre-going into therapy and post-going into therapy. Um, and I've, I've been in therapy on and off throughout uh, my whole life, probably for the past decade or more. Um, but specifically i saw a therapist who was uh, polyamory friendly lgbtq friendly all of that um and so seeing her really helped me move from 
lashing out with all of my insecurities and you know I would I would be struck with them and I just I wouldn't know what to do I think that I was going to lose my partner and I would just I'd lash out at them I'd lash out at myself it was a really negative unhealthy way to process things um and it's a miracle that some of my partners are still with me mm-hmm. but I went into therapy I was able to address some of these negative coping strategies and replace them with, you know, identifying where my feelings are coming from and, you know, being able to say, okay, yeah, it's a personal insecurity or it's an insecurity that's directly related to this relationship and being able to identify that, like I said earlier, and what I need from each of those. So that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds from what you said before, like when it's a personal insecurity, most of what you need is space. Is there anything else that you sort of need from a partner in those cases? Um, Understanding. um, As long as I'm not being... A big jerk and starting to take it out on them I like basically having just the you know okay I understand that you're having these feelings I don't need to make it my problem you do what you need to do to make yourself feel better and I trust that you'll come to me if there's anything I can do to help um, what do you think about some of the kind of commentary in the polyamorous community as a whole about jealousy and sort of about feeling jealousy i de- i think it's i think it's slowly gotten a little bit uh better but i know when i first started you know delving into polyamorous relationships there was this big thing where like oh no polyamorous people don't feel jealousy we have transcended above that and we are these enlightened beings that we don't feel jealousy and if we do then there's something wrong and you're clearly not poly enough and i very strongly dislike that because i beat myself up for a long time about like oh god what's wrong with me i'm i'm feeling jealous and does this i'd have a whole crisis of identity is this really the lifestyle for me and what i've what i've come to realize is you know emotions are okay having feelings it's okay to have them it's how you handle them if you make it into this big thing where you put all of your energy and all of those negative emotions on your partner expect them to fix everything for you that's going to be a bad time for everyone. Yeah. So basically there's no requirement to not be human and to not feel negative feelings sometimes just because you decided to do something that's a little bit non-standard in having these relationships. So whether you have, one partner out in the monogamous world or you know 
three or four in the polyamorous world, the basic rule is don't take out on your partner negative feelings you're having. Uh, sit with them and make them your own and figure out whether you need help or not. And if your partner needs help with a feeling, help them. And if you need help with a feeling, ask for it. But don't assume that everyone has suddenly transcended a feeling. Yeah, we we are not uh, mystical beings who don't have feelings. I think, honestly, polyamorous people tend to have a lot of feelings. Yeah, because there's a lot of different moving pieces. And each of those moving pieces adds a layer of opportunity for feeling. And you mentioned that one of your bigger insecurities is around replacement and being replaced. How do you deal with that with your metamors in particular? Are you more of a like meet people push toward not exactly kitchen table but like push toward knowing your metas person as a result yeah i i don't fully you know subscribe to the complete kitchen table polyamory where you know everyone is constantly meeting to share feelings and all of that like i mm-hmm. i i tend to if a relationship is there to build on, that's great. But specifically with this um, insecurity that I have, I do find that, you know, if it's they're going out on a date or, you know, my there's going to be some sort of like escalation in their relationship with my partner um, or with our shared partner mm-hmm. that you know, reaching out to them and, you know, not necessarily sharing like, oh, hey, I'm having all of these insecurities. Let me make it your problem and have you get insecure mm-hmm. and busy about it too. Um, but just, you know, hey, do you want to get coffee? Hey, do you want to get drinks? Um, meet up for something relaxed and chill and sort of connect with them as a human. Um, for me, it helps to not get down on the like you know okay they're so much better than me and they're this perfect human being and they want to take away my partner and they want to replace me and it helps not demonize them basically like they are also a human being and nine times out of ten they're a lovely person and meeting up with them will remind me like okay all right no they're they're good this is this is my own thing and it will help me process those feelings better yeah, so if they're open to it, the, like, meet up with them in a casual setting helps you remember that they're just a person. They're not someone who is either a perfect being and therefore your partner will want to replace you or a, like, cowgirl there to rope your partner off into monogamy. Um, yes. And I don't think we've used the term cowgirl on the podcast yet. So just a brief definition. A cowboy or cowgirl is a secretly monogamous person 
posing as polyamorous to uh, basically rope an attractive person off from the herd of their current polycule. And it's a term that gets used a lot online and it makes me giggle every time I see it. So uh, I'd like to bring it into common use if I can. It's, it's such an excellent, excellent way of uh, describing that. I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but so basically your coping mechanisms are to work on your insecurities on your own, to talk to your partner if you realize it's a specific relationship issue, or to have a brief meeting with your meta to like rehumanize them if you've had one of these spirals where you're super worried about them as a concept. Move them from a concept to a person. Right, exactly. Those sound like great ways to handle jealousy uh, in terms of figuring out what's underneath it and then trying to address that the best you can. Um, thank you for talking to me about this. I really appreciate it. Do you have any other things that you wanted to note about jealousy uh, before we sort of wrap this one up? Just be kind to yourself about it. It's a normal human emotion, but it depends on how you treat others when you're processing it. Um, just don't beat yourself up every time you have a jealous feeling. It's okay. Um, I can't recommend therapy enough because we are not unbiased. And, you know, we can say like, oh, I'm going to work on this myself. But really, therapists are trained for this stuff. And especially if you can find a good one that's familiar with polyamory, it's such a huge help to have that assistance in processing your own feelings and looking deeper at yourself. And sort of figuring out where your patterns are. I know that's something that talking to a therapist consistently has helped me with. Um, so I guess in response to that, I'd like to say to just remember that your feelings are always okay and that there's no magic in becoming polyamorous in changing your feelings in any particular way it's uh just important to remember that your actions are what affect other people not your feelings your feelings are your own and your actions are what then rub up on other people so as long as your actions aren't negative there is absolutely no reason to beat yourself up about a feeling. A great thanks to Seva for talking to me about jealousy and uh, now for something completely different or rather not completely different, both to not break copyright and because it's on topic. Uh, me saying something sort of related in a conversation with Vanessa that isn't part of our conversation specifically on jealousy and polyamory. Due to technical difficulties, this clip has been lost. 
You will hopefully find it within the Parallel to Kitchen Table Polly episode in a few weeks. Now, Vanessa was kind enough to talk to me and say, well, just sort of cut this where it makes sense. So this is the part of our conversation that touched on jealousy and on strategies to make jealousy better and on triggers of both of our own jealousies within polyamory and our experiences of how that's changed over the years. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this conversation. When you're polyamorous, especially like newly polyamorous, there's a lot of feelings that you experience that you've never experienced before in your life. And you might know, you might not know how to, how to handle those feelings or what to do with them or how to process them. And like, I know that's been an issue for me. Um, even being polyamorous for six years, our, our polyamory has evolved every year of those six years. And I said, um, I actually said to Danny, I'm like, not that I'm saying I'm a toddler, but I'm almost treated like you have to kind of look at it almost as like these emotions are only six years old and I'm 36. So there's been 30 years of my life where I haven't experienced these emotions and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with them, how to process them, uh, what to kind of realize that like I, you know, maybe keep that one to yourself and work on that a little bit as on you, or what do I express to my partners as, as a discomfort? Um, and figuring out how to, what is like a monogamous programming cultural thing that we need to undo exactly versus what is a like self-esteem thing that we need to work on versus uh-huh. what is an actual problem in the relationship you're in that you need to work on right it's so hard and like I've been doing this for 13 years and I fuck up the difference between those still yeah like I still sometimes get mad and have the argument before I sort of go wait I'm extra angry about this because I have x and y things going on in my life that are making me feel worse yeah like there's this extra stress and there's this self-esteem thing Mm -hmm. and like I should have maybe taken a second and dealt with those first (laughs) Right. And I know like a lot of what um, I've been working on with myself is um, based on my own self-esteem and my own insecurities is really what the root cause of any jealous feelings I have is all I can pretty much trace it back to the way that I'm feeling about myself. And, um, and it's, it's, it's hard to process why you're feeling jealous sometimes and um and my jealousy isn't even necessarily about a specific person but it's it's more situational mm-hmm. and um like something that I was actually working on with my therapist is just to notice like where I feel that emotion in my body and then get used to feeling it there and 
knowing that like this is a situation that there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's okay that, you know, your partner is doing X, Y, or Z with this other person. And it's also okay to feel offset by an emotion, but then to just like sit with the emotion, get used to it because it's not really going anywhere and just kind of almost like finding a a home for it. And eventually, you know, over time, the goal is that, that feeling, that emotion, that situation isn't going to be bothersome, isn't going to bring up these strong feelings of jealousy or negativity. Um, Well, right. And like learning what it feels like, because sometimes it's been so long since we felt that way sort of with or at a particular relationship Mm -hmm. that learning learning where to position it in its new form is really hard right because like if you go a couple years without feeling that feeling really hard with a specific person just because situationally they didn't do anything that brought that feeling up Mm -hmm. what used to be like a oh like my heart hurts and I feel weird becomes a like oh it's in my awkward guts under my stomach vagus nerve kind of feeling yeah and like I've learned that when it's that, like, pit of my stomach, but not actually my intestines, (laughs) oh, no, it's the confusing guts, my vagus nerve is activated kind of feeling, I can really do nothing but ride it out. Mm -hmm. And I have, like, a little box under my bed that, like, it's literally just a box with, like, an adult coloring book and, like, spare stuff from Lush and like it used to have a bottle of wine in it but it doesn't (laughs) both because I drank it and because uh, I don't drink anymore Um, but like just comforting little things in it like Mm -hmm. It used to hold, like, little gifts from each of my partners, and now I try to keep, like, things that smell like them, even if it's just, like, I know what soap Ken uses, so I keep a bar of the soap that he uses in the box, Yeah. so that if I'm jealous about something he's doing and I'm having that feeling, I can, like, smell his soap and be like, but I have this weird comforting thing that smells like him here. Yep. And then I can color for a little while because it's just distracting. And Mm -hmm. okay, now this feeling has passed. I will go about my day. Right. And like, it's really hard when it strikes like at work or whatever. But if I'm home, Mm -hmm. I have my little box of solutions. And so when it was a thing that I felt more because, oh, it's a nighttime that I'm feeling alone or whatever Mm -hmm. that was something that really worked for me I know it doesn't work for everyone yeah um readers feel free to email me (laughs) for things that do work and maybe I'll 
steal everyone's ideas and make them into a listicle to conquer them all. No, that's actually <laughs> a really good idea. I like that, and I, I, I kind of want to make a box now. <laughs> One of my therapists, like, 10 years ago told me that, and I didn't actually do it until, until several years later. And when I did, I was like, why didn't I listen to her? That was <laughs> such a good idea. Like, I should have done this so much earlier. And like, why didn't I listen to her? I was mm. like 23 and thought I ruled the world. That's why. But yeah. like... So an enormous thanks to both of our guests this week for taking the time to talk to me about jealousy, about their triggers of jealousy about all of our sort of collective experiences of this within polyamory and the work it takes to work through moments of jealousy and the degree to which we find it worth it to do so because it's a human emotion that doesn't magically go away despite... Uh, the propaganda that may tell you otherwise. Next week, we're going to talk about compersion, which is often the thing that is held up by the people who are telling you that it magically goes away. Uh, so I hope that you tune in to listen to that. And uh, as I said before, you can find links to everyone's projects in the notes below. Our intro and outro music, as always, is provided by the lovely Vince Conaway, and you can find the links to his site in the notes as well. Um, and, of course, uh, you can find links to the blog at readyforpolyamory.com and the ways to support us on Patreon and Ko-Fi as well. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week. Bye. <laughs>